football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. One week to go until the big one, and no, I do not mean... Super Bowl 54. No, no, no. One week until Santa, his sleigh, the presents, and all the festivities and the fun. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas upcoming. It is ho, 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 Three Dog Thursday, a week in advance of the big holiday. We have got so much to cover here on the program. I am your somewhat capable host who a week ago tried to tell you about the Houston Texans getting points in Nashville against the Titans. Tried to warn you off that it was too many points for the Atlanta Falcons who won the game in San Francisco. Okay, admittedly, I got a little drunk with uh, Miami Dolphin underdog booze. As I I went ahead and took the Dolphins along with one of our other handicappers last week, Sean Green, and we both burned badly when Eli Manning, with all that emotion, threw the touchdowns. He did throw interceptions, but threw the touchdowns that helped lead the win for the Giants last week. So, obviously, it was not a perfect week, but I'll take those two victories. Also, congrats to Chris Giannini of the Winning Cures Everything podcast. He had those Buffalo Bills for Sunday Night Football. So, we gave you three underdogs on the show a week ago. This week, we look to give you many more, including college football bowl games that are going to be upcoming. Yes, the 503 bowl games that will be taking place all across the college landscape. Who can do without all these different, the, the quick lane bowl in Detroit they were setting up. I was in Detroit this past weekend with the Buccaneers for their win over the Lions. They're setting up for the quick lane bowl there, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl in my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee that's upcoming. How about the Gasparilla Bowl that will be up in Tampa? And one of our handicappers, one of our underdog predictors, loves that Gasparilla matchup with the Marshall Thundering Herd getting a bunch of points against UCF. Find out about that in a bit. I can't wait till we get to the games that matter the most, the New Year's Six Bowls and also the college football playoff semifinals, which are actually coming next Saturday. So prior to New Year's Day, they're going to do the the, uh, playoff games, the two semifinal games in the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl with Clemson. Uh, taking on Ohio State and LSU and Oklahoma coming on Saturday the 28th. So I'm anxious for those. We're going to talk a lot about the Bulls uh, in the coming show next week and obviously college football playoff championship game, et cetera, et cetera. So much to discuss here on uh, on the program, and I've got great guests to do it. Uh, coming up, Gary Seegers will be here. He'll be back from the Winning Cures Everything podcast uh, and YouTube show. Gary, three for three, two weeks ago on his appearance on Three Dog Thursday. He's got something to live up to, so we'll talk to him about that. Also here, Scott Hansen. Love me some NFL Red Zone, as many of you do. Millions and millions and millions. I sound like The Rock. And millions! from the pro wrestling uh, back 15 years ago. Uh, love the NFL red zone and and all the touchdowns and all the highlights. Scott Hansen is here to amp it up. Big triple header of NFL games Saturday on NFL Network, including Buccaneers and Texans uh, coming in the first game of the triple header from Tampa. I'll be working that game on the radio with Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, Buccaneers radio broadcast. Can the Bucs make it five in a row? Can they ruin things for the Texans' hopes to win the AFC South and open the door for the Titans after that big win? by Houston last week. Tennessee playing New Orleans on Sunday would love nothing better 
than to have the Buccaneers uh, knock off the Texans in the first of the triple header. Then the Patriots and the Bills, one of the games of the weekend, will be standalone Saturday afternoon, NFL Network from Foxborough, and for all the slings and arrows at New England, if they win the game Sunday, they win the division again, and they're in great shape to get a bye again for the opening round and could still be the top seed depending on what happens with Baltimore, could still be the top seed in the AFC uh, uh, playoff picture with two weeks to go. That's what's riding on that one. Then the third game of the triple header, 49ers off the loss to the Falcons, the amazing finish last week where Atlanta looked like they scored the game-winning touchdown, had replay wipe it off, then looked like they were stopped on the final play of the game for the touchdown that would have won it for the Falcons, only to have replay say, uh, no, no, that is a touchdown for Julio Jones. They win the game, and now the 49ers are smarting, and they're playing a desperate Rams team that needs to win for their NFC playoff hopes after the Rams got demolished by the Cowboys last week. That's the third of the triple header just on Saturday in the NFL. Forget about the games on Sunday, like Tennessee and New Orleans or Dallas and Philadelphia. Uh, and on and on, Kansas City, Chicago, Sunday night game, on and on for Sunday. So plenty of NFL football. Scott Hansen will be here talking triple header Saturday, NFL Red Zone Sunday. Love the stories from him. Uh, have known Scott for about 20 years, and he's now done 11 years of the NFL Red Zone. How about that? Uh, on uh, the cable systems and the NFL mobile app, etc. So we'll talk with him. And then Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider. Love Brian's handicapping insight. He will try to bounce back this week. Had a couple of rough doggies last week, but Brian usually good for two or three underdogs every week. He likes a couple of bowl games. He likes an NFL doggy. So again, Brian Edwards will be here picking, as will Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sean, week in and week out, outstanding with the NFL underdogs. Uh, I'll tell you that he's got a couple of them that are home dogs this week in the NFL and a bowl game as well from Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast. He and Ryan Kramer on the Sports Gambling Podcast. So, handicappers here. Scott Hansen here from the NFL Network. I'm anxious to make some underdog predictions again this week. Will I dare go with a bowl game out of this matchup or will I wait and save up uh, for the NFL and for the games this coming weekend? We will find out on that front. All right, before we get to the guests, a reminder, we are brought to you in part on Three Dog Thursday by my friends at Smack Apparel. They have been doing great in-your-face themed tees for college and NFL football for going on 20 years. Get under your rival skin. Hilarious rivalry-themed shirts. Whether you're a fan of LSU, uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida, uh, on and on. Oregon Ducks, Texas Longhorns check out the college themed tees uh, especially around bowl game time go after your rival uh, we just had rivalry weekends in college football over the last couple of weeks uh, love these shirts and it's great for the holidays and uh, if you're a fan of the NFL some tremendous shirts whether you love the Patriots and their dynasty shirt you know the Raiders just played their last game in the Coliseum Smack Apparel's got a goodbye Coliseum shirt uh, to signify it, but you know, look if you're if you're a Seahawk fan and you hate the 49ers, or you're a Steeler fan and you hate the Browns, 
Uh, it is an anti-rivalry-based, hilarious look at the world of football, pro and college. Look, they've got NBA shirts. They've got some baseball ones. We love them all. Go to SmackApparel.com and check out these hilarious shirts. SmackApparel.com and use our promo code DOG for Three Dog Thursday. DOG, very simple, three letters, D-O-G. Take 20% off your order with that promo code, and it's still going to ship in time for Christmas. I know we've got uh, other holidays that are going on this weekend and early next week. Get your order in here on Three Dog Thursday, or even if you're hearing on Friday or Saturday, get the order in. It will ship in time for Christmas, and if you spend at least $40, it will ship for free. Uh, Again, for this offer with the promo code DOG, uh, you save 20% and $40 or more, your order will ship for free. So basically, if you buy these shirts retail somewhere between $15, $19, something like that, you buy four shirts, one of them is going to be free with our order, with our 20% offer, uh, and then you're going to get your order to ship for free. $40 or more, your order ships for free anywhere in the continental U.S. Send them on. Uh, there from Smack Apparel. Lo- love the in Bruce we trust with the Bucko Bruce with Bruce Arians with the knife in his mouth like the old Buccaneer logo. Washington Senators fans, the old Bryceless shirts for them winning the World Series without Bryce Harper. Again, if you're a fan of any of these college or NFL teams, Smack Apparel, you can't go wrong. Use our promo code DOG at checkout at smackapparel.com. You may find the shirts on Amazon or other places, but again, only on smackapparel.com does that promo code DOG work to take 20% off. Go there, use the promo code. It ships for free if you spend 40 bucks or more. They've been talking the talk since 1998, over 20 years now, at smackapparel.com. And we look forward to uh, you getting some great gifts here from uh, from us and from Smack Apparel for the holidays. Okay, time to get to the guests. Time to get to the underdogs. Time to talk to Scott Hansen of the NFL Network. All of that forthcoming right now. Yes, indeed. He is ready to go and ready to lead things off with the college bowl games now going to be in full swing. Final two weekends of the NFL. Who better to mix it up with me and get the show rolling than from the Winning Cures Everything podcast. Gary Seeger's back on the show. He and Chris Giannini host the Winning Cures uh, podcast that also simulcasts as a YouTube show. Uh, find them at winningcureseverything.com. Gary 343, the last time that he was here with his underdog. So pay particular attention to this gentleman as he weighs in with what he thinks about bowl games and the pros. How you feeling, brother? You, uh, it's gotten a little cold in the Mid-South. We've got uh, holiday shopping going on. School about to be out. And, oh, 69-87 bowl games to mix in. Life is good. How are you? <laughs> Life is, in fact, good. You're right about that. Uh, things have been busy, of course. With it, Football season is always busy anyway because of the amount of work that uh, guys like yourself and I do with this, uh, this crazy, wacky sport. But, uh, but then you throw in all the family obligations. You throw in uh, work obligations, et cetera. <laughs> it just gets a little more crazy. Uh, but that's okay. I live for this stuff. I, I love it. Well, we uh, we love it as well. Um, all right, so we've got bowl games aplenty that are going on. We've had some coaching changes that obviously are going to affect some of these teams that are playing in bowl games. That's going to get to one uh, coming up here. I, I just wonder. I mean, for example, uh, I'm in I'm in the uh, West Central Florida Tampa Bay market. And the Bulls have hired Jeff Scott, who's one of the co-offensive coordinators from Clemson, 
uh, to come be their head coach at USF in the American Conference, a conference that obviously has Memphis right now as the champ, UCF, Houston, uh, Cincinnati, those programs that are all in it. So the interesting thing is that he's around for recruiting uh, right now, but he's going to also go back and try to coach Clemson as the offensive coordinator. And we've seen this with other teams and other programs. Uh, Sometimes they do stay, sometimes they don't stay. What do you make of it, particularly if it's a college football playoff situation? Remember a few years ago, uh, Nick Saban was not happy with Lane Kiffin's attention span because he had taken the Florida Atlantic job, and he basically said after the semifinal game, uh, you're not coaching this week for the championship game. Get out of here. Go be the FAU coach. I'm going to promote Steve Sarkeesian. He's going to coach the bowl game. So it, it works differently, but what do, you, what do you make of that with some coaches – uh, they they decided to come back. Scott Frost decided to come back and coached uh, UCF against Auburn. It worked out. Mike Norvell, for example, won't coach Memphis in the Cotton Bowl. What do you make of it, Gary? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Let's let's go ahead and hit on that Lane Kiffin topic. Uh, the reports are one: Alabama looked awful on offense against Washington uh, in that playoff, and part of the issue with that was. Lane Kiffin was calling plays that the offense had not even practiced in their bowl prep. So that's what got Nick Saban fired up and and why he said, you know what, you're not even paying attention anymore. Just go to FAU and figure out what you need to do for your next job, and we'll handle this. So while it wasn't ideal, um, that's the reason why that stuff, you know, went the way it did. Now, they have had other guys. Kirby Smart has coached through and did just fine before he took the Georgia job. Uh, it, it all depends on the circumstance. You know, for Memphis, it's going to be really strange because both their offensive and defensive play callers are uh, are gone for the game against Penn State. So, you know, it, when you look at a betting strategy, there is no real uh, advantage one way or the other uh, when it comes to interim coaches, right? Regardless of whether you are losing play callers, et cetera, when you lose play callers, when you lose coaches – uh, the GAs that have been on staff that have been in those meetings that have gone through the game planning and whatnot, they take over, and it's all fine. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I uh, There's several this bowl season that I actually like. You know, I, I think Florida State will be able to hang with Arizona State, uh, but Arizona State's going to have two interim coordinators, and, you know, Florida State's got an interim coach that has at least been there for four weeks now. It's uh, it's an interesting time of year, and you just right. really it all depends on whether or not the the kids want to be there. That's a good point. Are there suspensions academically, off the field, otherwise? Are there coaches that are gone? Is a team disappointed with the bowl game they got? How motivated are they? These are all factors. So, with all of that being said, I believe you're going to. Speaking of Lane Kiffin, you're going to go with one that involves a school where he was. Obviously, Ole Miss is not in a bowl game now after an awful season where Kiffin is taken over but I believe you like the program where he was to lead us off on the bowl conversation Gary Seegers what about it well I I will tell uh, I, I like I like home teams in bowl games a lot typically uh, FAU right now they're playing against SMU their interim coach is Glenn Spencer the defensive coordinator he used to be mm-hmm. the Charlotte head coach and the players really lobbied for him to get the head job they really like playing for him he is uh, about as personable as they get, and I, you know, I, I like to lean FAU's direction in this spot. They've got a fantastic offense. They, uh, they will be able to put up points on SMU, 
SMU over the last four games this season went one, two, and one against the spread. They were not dominant whatsoever ever since they lost to Memphis back in early November. Uh, they're still going to be able to put up points as well. So, you know, if, if we're going totals, I do like the over 70 here. But uh, but the underdog is the play for me. I mean, Florida Atlantic is getting three and a half points here. Uh, I'm going to take that all day long. They will be able to put up points with SMU. I, I think SMU had their sights on something much bigger. They've both already hit that 10-win mark, which is kind of uh, – it's almost like a trophy in and of itself. Uh, so the fact that SMU has already got 10 wins, they're kind of already looking towards next year. I like FAU to uh, to put a stamp on this. I think they're going to win the game. Well, and you know this. I-, I worked the Conference USA Championship game with the whole backdrop of Kiffin leaving, and it did not bother his team one iota. They destroyed Alabama-Birmingham UAB in that game. They've got speed all over the field. Uh, it-, it will be fascinating. And-, and as you mentioned, this is a true home setting for them. It is uh, the- what the Chirabundi uh, the bowl game, Chair the Bo- Boca Raton, Boca Raton, bowl. Raton yep. bowl, and it's in FAU Stadium, so it is a true home game. It's a road game, essentially, for Southern Methodist SMU, but they can put points up as well under Sonny Dykes with Shane Bouchel, a little bit uh, bigger, more physical athletes. Going to be fascinating game. I like that pick, though. I, I'm already, I'm already looking at you, going, hmm. I like that one. Uh, yeah. Florida at, Atlantic SMU, Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me let me go on and jump on this. SMU's wide receiver Reggie Roberson still likely out for this game. That is a, a fairly big deal. They're still going to be able to put up points, um, but that's that's an explosive playmaker that you're not going to have. And on top of that, you know SMU does like to throw the football around a lot. FAU 21 interceptions on the year that leads FBS. So it, yeah. it, it kind of falls right into where I want it to be. And they are a great, not only ball-hawking interception team, they will strip it out of there. They blocked a punt for a touchdown in the conference championship game. Again, they have got athletic linebackers, uh, athletic tight end, Harrison Bryant. There's some question as to whether he would play in this game. He just won the John Mackey Award for the top tight end in the country. May get drafted. Gary Seegers in the first round of the draft. So FAU's got talent. That'll be a fun one with SMU, all initials there in the Boca Raton Bowl. All right, where are you going next? Because there's a bevy of games uh, for college bowls. You want another bowl game coming up for that slate on uh, on Saturday as part of Three Dog Thursday? You know what? Let's, uh, let's go backwards. Let's go to Friday night. Uh, ah. The Frisco Bowl, yeah, in Frisco, Texas at 6.30 p.m. Central on that one, so 7.30 Eastern if you're listening on, uh, on the other time zone, not in God's time zone, of course. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, as Utah. I always like to say, adjust your time zone accordingly because that one will be coming uh, at two thirty in the na- in the afternoon in Hawaii, and adjust it for Guam or uh, for China or Australia. <laughs> Continue on, my friend, with the Kent State Golden Flashes. Yes, and the Utah State Aggies, of course. Gary Anderson coming back to Utah State this season uh, was a little surprised that he got the job. I liked Kent State's hire of Sean Lewis. Uh, before the season, he's one of Dino, uh, Dino Baber's guys. Hey, look, Utah State, I was already curious whether or not they even wanted to be in this game, if they wanted to play in it. You know, there's it, sometimes motivation is a factor in these games. And then, of course, on Tuesday, you have Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. You have wide receiver Sean Carter and running back Gerald Bright all get arrested on misdemeanor marijuana possession <laughs> charges. And... We don't know whether or not they will be suspended. More than likely not. I mean, it's just misdemeanors, and they're going to have to go through all the 
all the legal stuff. So you can play a football game now and not worry about it because none of these guys are coming back to school after this. Right. Um, but I, w- I will say this. Kent State is 5-0 and against the spread their last five games as an underdog. It is their second bowl appearance since 1972. So they are going to be fired up for this one. I mean, this is a team that had two straight, two and ten years. They hire Sean Lewis. He comes in, turns them around. Uh, I mean, 5-0 and against the spread their last five as an underdog is a, a pretty big deal. Kent State ran for 250-plus yards in their last two games of the year. Utah State has given up over 200 yards rushing in four of their last six. I think Kent State is the team that wants to be here more. They want to win the game more. Uh, and I'm getting like six and a half, seven, depending upon the book. Hey, give me Kent State plus seven all day long. I think they're going to win the game outright. How about that? All right, so that one at the uh, Cowboys practice facility, the Star in Frisco, Texas, for that Friday night bowl game. Love it. Um, and the Utah State quarterback has actually got a chance to maybe be drafted in the NFL, and he's already got issues off the field, which could affect him and his status. We'll hear more about that, obviously, in the offseason and the draft buildup as well. Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast, hanging out. Uh, it is Three Dog Thursday. Again, pay particular attention to these doggies. He was three for three the last time that he was here. Uh, Brother Giannini, by the way, hit on the Buffalo Bills last week in the NFL. So that takes us to the NFL slate for an underdog. Triple header, as I mentioned at the top of the show on Saturday. I am actually part of the Buccaneers broadcast of the first game of that triple header. Bucks and Texans Saturday, 1 Eastern uh, from Raymond James Stadium. The middle game is, oh, looky here, Patriots-Bills, AFC East. Uh, hanging in the balance. AFC East hopes maybe for Buffalo still hanging in the balance here. New England trying to lock up the division, lock up maybe a bye. Then the night game, San Francisco and the L.A. Rams, three outstanding playoff implication games that will stand alone on Saturday. And then a Sunday that has the likes of of Cowboys against uh, the Eagles, uh, what what else is on that uh, Sunday slate? Some attra- some other attractive games. I mean, maybe Saturday is going to be the better day between the two, but there's some other games that have playoff implications as well. Uh, coming with uh, uh, Kansas City, Chicago. Although Chicago's hopes yep. are all but extinguished. Titans, uh, yeah, yeah, Titans. Hey, Titans. Monday. Monday's the big one. Well, right. Monday night, Green Bay, Green Bay, Minnesota. You might be headed that way. Titans are very much rooting for my Bucks, and they're hosting New Orleans uh, this week. Still alive for the AFC South. Still alive for maybe a wild card if they can get in the mix. We'll see. So there's a lot of games, but Saturday there's a triple header slate. So I wonder where are you going to land for an underdog, Gary Seegers? Uh, let's go ahead and, and do your game on Saturday. Uh, I like <laughs> the Bucks in this spot here. At now, and I, I'll tell you why. Uh, Houston, it, it seems like whenever they have a, a big-time win in a big-time spot, they come back down to earth the next week. It, it just always happens. And, and I've actually picked against the Texans on your show before. I'm going to go back to that. Well, I'm going to take the Bucks at home here. The Texans got a massive divisional, you know, feeling like they've won the AFC South kind of game last uh, last week against the Titans. It, this week, they're going up against Jameis, and I understand that Godwin is out. I understand Mike Evans is yep. out. I get it. But yep. it doesn't it doesn't seem to matter. Um, it doesn't matter who you put on the field with him. Jameis is going to throw for 400 yards. And I, <laughs> he may throw three interceptions, 
But which, by the way, he's only six interceptions away from being the first 30 30 guy. 30 touchdowns, uh, I know. 30 interceptions in the same season. It's amazing. Yeah, Dini is all over this one. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. It's not Barry Bonds and Jose Canseco stealing bases and hitting home runs. It's Jameis throwing touchdowns and interceptions in the same season. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he has been remarkable at shaking those off early in the game and then lining it up. The one concern you have is this Houston team is much better than most of the competition he has faced as of late. Uh, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and a god-awful Detroit team from last week have been the last four opponents. Uh, Gary, he can't get away with picks in this game. I mean, picks plural. Uh, it may be one, but he, it's going to cost him against a Texans team that is ready to go uh, here with the division on the line. But you like the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S Go Bucks, as the song goes, in this spot Saturday in a game that, yeah, they're going to be rooting on in Nashville. Yes. Uh, Houston, I will tell you this, and one of the reasons why I like this, uh, it, big time thing that I look at for NFL games is, is what is one team's strength against another one's weakness. The Texans are number 22 in the NFL in defensive yards per pass attempt. They give up 7.2 yards per pass attempt, which is back there along with Detroit and Arizona and Atlanta, et cetera. Uh, they can be had in that secondary and I think that the Bucks are are kind of on a mission now. I understand that they can't make the playoffs. I get that, um, but they like Bruce Arians has this team playing yep. exceptionally well right now. Yep, I, I think they're going to win this ball game Saturday. And they are taking the ball away. They've got five defensive touchdowns, including another one last week on an interception return. They'll get after Deshaun Watson. This is going to be a lot of fun Saturday standalone game, the first game of the triple header on the NFL Network that the whole country will see. I love it. I love that. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these games unfold with playoff implications, including Dallas and Philly. Give me 30 seconds. I'm looking at Philadelphia as a home doggy with the Cowboys. As I said on your show, I was a guest with you and Chris uh, every week on Winning Cures. I don't. Will the real Cowboys please stand up? Was that the real Cowboys last week against the Rams? Are they going to go back to the Cowboys that can't get out of their own way offensively in this must-win situation for both they and the Eagles? Give me a quick thought, real quick. Well, I do like the Cowboys in this spot, so I'm, I'm not going to jump on the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are so banged up that they will be able to get by against teams like the Redskins and you know the, the lowly, at this point, Panthers. Um, they can beat the bad teams. At Dallas, I think, is just a, a bad matchup for them, even at home. I think the Cowboys, I don't know that they roll them, but I do think that the Cowboys win this game. Mm. Uh, I think they've just got way more weapons here. I mean, at the, I could go out and play wide receiver <laughs> for the Eagles right now. And, and I'm five foot six and, and weigh, you know, whatever. So the, the Eagles are are just an, an injury riddled disaster yeah. right now. And the I, guy, I just don't the know how. The guy that caught time. the game winning touchdown pass last week is a college quarterback, Greg Ward, former Houston college quarterback, who had been on and off their roster five times this year already. That's what they're down to, the throwing to in the clutch. We'll see. Yes, Gary Seegers has still got wheels and can run the out route if needed uh, for the <laughs> Eagles on Sunday. So I'm interested about that. We're always interested in, in winning cures everything. Give me again more on where the fans can find you and Chris because now we're to the nitty gritty with the bowl games at the end of the NFL regular season. Tell them more about winning cures everything. 
Well, we are doing our bowl game picks right now. We will have uh, individual little three-minute videos on our YouTube channel for every single bowl game. We are making a pick on every game. We are making a pick on every total. And last year, Chris and I both went over 60% against the spread and against the total. There we so go. We, we dig into these pretty well. That's, that's why it takes us so long to get them out. But we, uh, we have started that over on the YouTube page. So youtube.com slash winningcureseverything. You can find everything else about us at winningcureseverything.com, uh, our Facebook page, our Twitter pages, etc. So go check that out over there. And, of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcast app is, we are on there. Leave us a review. Tell us that uh, that you got us from from TJ's show, and we will greatly appreciate it. Always love the insight that Gary and Chris bring to the show again. He was three for three last time. He goes with Florida Atlantic, FAU in their bowl game Saturday with SMU, Kent State Friday night in their bowl game with Utah State, and he likes my Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the three points against the Houston Texans Saturday. Good luck with your underdog uh, underdog predictions, young man, and uh, we look forward to a Christmas Yuletide edition of Three Dog Thursday that is coming next week, but you guys be well, have fun with all the football this weekend, and thank you for the time here. Absolutely. We always appreciate you having us. It has been a while, and I do get the privilege here of saying hello, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to the guy. It's like Christmas every Sunday on NFL Red Zone (laughs) with Scott Hansen of the NFL Network. How are you, brother? It's good to have you. TJ, Merry Christmas. Good to hear your voice, sir. And uh, yeah, doing well, doing well. I can see the uh, playoff light at the end of the regular season tunnel. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, okay, so we got a triple header coming this weekend, and you know yes, my Buccaneers and the Houston Texans will lead this off. Five of the six teams have playoff implications in the games on Saturday. So right away, this this needs no extra buildup. This is going to be a fantastic Saturday on NFL Network. No, absolutely. Uh, look, in terms of like flexing the... Saturday games to NFL Network games and either a double or a triple header. This is still kind of a new concept. They've been playing Saturday football late in the season for a while, but having it be like a you know a feature on NFL Network hasn't really happened for a long time. This is easily the biggest Saturday of of this generation. With as you just said, five of the six teams playing in in the hunt in the playoffs and and seeding still to be determined by weeks still be determined division championships still to be determined and you know what bucks fans get to kick the whole thing off as the first game of week 16 so that just means all of the tampa bay buccaneer fans listening to me will be watching (laughs) all seven hours of nfl red zone on sunday you got nowhere else to go ladies and gentlemen yeah and you got playoff implications on those games here coming up in a couple of moments yeah hey just give me a perspective here because everybody looks at me and says okay well wait a minute he's the buccaneer guy he's going to apologize for arian He's going to apologize for Winston, et cetera, et cetera. Bucks have been coming on. They've won four in a row. Bruce Arians, fantastic to deal with, has done a tremendous job with this team. That's me saying all of that. Give me a view okay. from a few thousand miles away on what you've seen and the improvement here because, again, they're the featured team hosting the Texans who need to win to win the South. But what do you think about the Bucks, real quick? You, you know, okay, so the Bucks uh, have had – it's a disappointing season because you're not in the playoff race at this point in the year. The entire pivot point of the franchise is Jameis Winston. And what do you do with him 
coming on the end of his rookie contract. He's either, I said at the beginning of the year, Jameis Winston is either going to be a $100 million quarterback or he's going to be looking for a new team next year. I, I didn't see any middle ground between those two extremes. And I thought I had the answer up until about two, three weeks ago. And then he goes and throws for 450 and 450 in back-to-back weeks, diminishes the, the, the turnovers a bit and keeps the touchdown statistics up. And the latter of the two games he does without Mike Evans, one of the best weapons in football. Now, if he does it this weekend, if, he, if Jameis Winston puts up big numbers and doesn't turn the ball over against the Houston Texans, what, what very well could be a division championship uh, team, and does it without Godwin, who's out, and Mike Evans, who's out, then I say, you know what, I think, I think you've got to sign him. I think you've got to sign him to a long-term deal. Maybe a uh, Jared Goff or a Carson Wentz uh, uh, franchise-friendly type deal, but I think he's played his way into a new deal if he does it in these last two weeks. Uh, if he doesn't, if he turns the ball over, if he's bad, Jameis, as to what we've seen, I think the, the reset button might have to be hit there. Yeah. But I, I think it's extraordinary that we're even talking about this because, TJ, I would tell you, um, two, three weeks ago, there's not a person in my building at NFL Media that thought, yep, Jameis Winston is the building block at the most important position on the, on the field. He is the $100 million guy that the Bucks can go forward with. Three weeks ago, no one was saying that. Last two weeks, he's made people start to question that. No doubt. You know, you love this when I relay these stories. I was standing there on, uh, down there on the field uh, working with Bucks Radio in the Colts game, and I'm saying to people around me because we saw the stat, I said, he's got 398 yards passing, and it's still the third quarter. And yeah, then, yeah. And then last week, I'm saying at Detroit, he's got 221 yards in the first quarter yeah. of the game. Yeah. It's ridiculous, yeah. the numbers he's putting up. But I agree with you. you got to show it against a better team. Houston on on Saturday, we, we, we will see if he can do that. We'll see if the Texans can get a much-needed win. We know the Titans, the Tennessee Titans, are huge Buccaneer fans watching that game on Saturday before they ever played the Saints on Sunday. Patriots-Bills, very yep. intriguing game, sir. Give me a quick thought. All right, look, the Patriots own the division. They've always owned the division. They're going for the 11th straight division championship, but the Bills are the only team with a puncher's chance right now. They played early in the season, and the Bills stood toe-to-toe with them. And Josh Allen was knocked out of the fourth quarter of that game, if you remember. And it ended up being a special teams play by the Patriots that really helped them win that game. Uh, I think the Patriots will win because it's in Foxborough, and Belichick and company will find a way. But New England is vulnerable. They are not very good right now on offense. And the defense that's been number one across the board for a good chunk of the season has shown a little bit of uh, vulnerability lately. Josh Allen's playing in the biggest game of his life right now. If they go in there and win in Foxborough, it could be a new day in the AFC East, although the Bills don't clinch the division if they win. That being said, I think the Patriots do find a way in a close game, but the Bills will be a team to reckon with in the AFC playoffs. It'll be a lot of fun for that triple header, and it concludes with the 49ers and the Rams a Saturday night, which again has massive implications for those two teams and also for the Seattle Seahawks and for the division uh, and and wild card and all of that. Hey, okay, a fun one, because we know what you do as we talk with Scott Hansen of NFL Network, the Total Access show during the week, and also NFL Red Zone on Sundays. 
That finish last week with Atlanta and San Francisco is as dramatic as it gets. Take me inside (laughs) of you guys' building and your control room off the air because we've got back-to-back reviews. Is the Julio Jones play a touchdown or not? (laughs) It was. I mean, it was crazy. What was it like behind the scenes because you're juggling other games, too, at the same time? Yeah, and that game was the late window, and we were still waiting on the Rams-Cowboys game to conclude. And, of course, we, we dedicate ourselves to showing every touchdown from every game. And even if the Cowboys were steamrolling the Rams, which they were, they were still scoring touchdowns late, and the Rams even scored a garbage-time touchdown. So we're like, we got to get that one and get that one in. But we're like, but this, this Niners game is still in play, and, and the, the Falcons are still coming. So we get the – if you remember the sequence, we get – no timeouts for the Falcons, so they cannot get tackled in bounds. Because you're talking about there were less than 15 seconds left to go when all of what I'm about to say went down and took place. They hit Hooper over the middle of the field in the end zone for a touchdown, and they have to review it. I thought the review should have been a touchdown again, but obviously New York saw it different, saw it differently. So then they have to reset. Now, thankfully, it was an incomplete pass, so it, the clock got stopped. So they're able to snap it one more time. Julio Jones is at the goal line, and they call that one no touchdown. Clock runs out. The Niners' entire team runs out onto the field uh, in jubilation about winning the game. But then they say, whoa, whoa, we got to look at this one more time. Was there screaming in your building behind the scenes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, see, when we go full to the game and you don't hear my microphone, we're talking amongst ourselves as to what we are anticipating what's happening next. So when the Hooper touchdown happened, and it was called a touchdown in the field, we go, okay, they're going to review this. And then we were saying, yeah, that's going to stand, that's going to stand. They're going to win the game, uh, but they still have to kick off. Well, then they overturn it. Then we're like, okay, we got to get back there because they got another offensive snap to run here. Then Julio catches it, but they call it no good, and the clock runs out. We're like, the, the announcers are going, oh, and the Niners win and everything. And I'm, going, I'm telling my guys, hold on, hold on. They're going to review this. This is going to be tight at the goal line. And as soon as we saw that down-the-field shot right down the goal line, we're like, that's close enough to, to certainly get looked at. And I think it's close enough that they're going to overturn it <laughs> or definitive enough that they're going to overturn it, which, of course, they did. But then it gets even crazier, TJ, because if you remember, there were still they, – they, they said after further review, the ruling on the field is reversed. The, uh, the, the uh, receiver broke the plane of the, of the uh, goal line with the football. It's a touchdown. Atlanta takes the lead, but reset the game clock to two seconds. So they had to kick off again. And if you remember the kickoff, <laughs> the Niners got to go uh, what our friend Scott Van Pelt at ESPN calls pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo, you know, the laterals, desperation to try and get down the field. And the Falcons recovered a fumble and returned it for a touchdown on the final play of the game, which was important to some people oh, yeah. in the audience. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, and it was absolute insanity over that last three-play sequence, which in game time took all of seven seconds. In real time, it took probably about 10 to 12 minutes. But, but that's why you watch NFL Red Zone, because that's going to happen somewhere in the NFL, in some stadium, and you don't know which one. But if you're watching NFL Red Zone, you know you will see it live or seconds after it happens. 
with us. I love it. I know you got to go in a minute, and so do we here on Three Dog Thursday. Love Scott Hansen. So on Sunday, after the triple header, we, we've got all, I mean, yeah. it begins with like New Orleans and Tennessee. Again, the Saints need to win uh, for playoff seating. Tennessee needs to win to possibly get the division title if Houston has lost the day before. You go on through the yep. afternoon, and you got game after game. Dallas and Philadelphia is essentially the de facto NFC East uh, championship game being played. Seattle needs to win in the late window with Arizona and on and on. You're going to have a blast on Sunday, right, for them to find you in Week 16. Look, and it's going to be fantastic. There's only a few things in the NFC that can get clinched on Sunday. Uh, you've got uh, a couple of division championships could be clinched. You've got the Packers could clinch their division, and then the Cowboys could clinch their division. Minnesota could clinch a playoff spot if they beat the Packers or if the Rams lose. Uh, but the seedings could all get jumbled, and they won't be set in stone even after that. So you got to come back for Week 17 for the season finale of NFL Red Zone Season 11. Yeah, going to be fantastic to watch all of this unfold again. Triple header Saturday on the NFL Network. And then also NFL Red Zone with all the games on Sunday, this Sunday and the final Sunday. Here we go. Buckle up. It's going to be a lot of yes, fun. Sir. Scott, Scott Hanson, I always love getting to chat with you. As if I have to say this, have a blast with all this that's going to unfold this weekend. We'll see if we get you a good one, Buccaneers and Texans, to kick it all oh, off so. on uh, on Saturday. Thank you, sir. Hey, Jameis, Jameis, if you're listening to this, <laughs> it's it's fantasy football Super Bowl yep. weekend for people all across the country. You go for 400 and a couple of tutties again this week, you're going to be a hero, my friend. Go out and have yourself a game. TJ, good talking with you. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the rest of the regular season. And Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by Play Pick 6. You can go to playpick6.com to find out more. Download the app in the Google Play Store, in the Apple Store. Play Pick 6. Pick six games in any sport in a given day for free. College, NFL, NBA, college basketball, the NHL, any combination of it. Get all six correct, and you get a great gift card to a sports-themed restaurant from Play Pick 6. Again, it takes less than a couple of minutes to download the app and sign up and you get to pick six games in any given day uh load them up make those picks across the sports it's great for the bowl games for the sunday nfl all the action in college basketball the nba and the nhl show what you know in those sports with playpick6.com the playpick6 mobile app Uh, take advantage of it download the mobile app the apple store the google play store play for free you go pick the games you win it's that easy by playing Play Pick 6. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. He is back. He is ready to go, especially with all of these bowl games. Love the insight of the man from MajorWager.com. You also read his stuff as well on VegasInsider.com. His uh, his top picks are there as well. Brian Edwards rejoins me as part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Happy bowl season. Uh, down to the wire in the NFL with the final two weekends getting really, really good. I, I know you're, uh, you're pumped about all of these different bowl games that are going to be happening. Uh, how many screens do you have ready to go? Four, seven, 11 <laughs> with all the different games? Which direction? Good to have you. Uh, good. Thanks for having me as always, TJ. I've only got three screens in front of me 
At the moment, um, I do want to apologize to your listeners that tailed me last week. I think it's the first time I've gone over. Yeah. You, but if they did not, if they did not watch the Jose Aldo Marlon Marias UFC fight, we got absolutely robbed on that decision. <laughs> all the punching stats, Aldo was in favor of. Dana White summed it up best in the post-fight presser. He goes. I don't know what the F those judges were yeah, watching. So. It happens. Um, but apologies nonetheless. Well, and I know Denver was in the snow in Kansas City. You had them, and then Indianapolis just got freight train. Wrong place, wrong time by the uh, by the Saints and Drew Brees with the record-setting night with the touchdown pass. But I should make mention to the audience that Brian has rocked along with NFL and college underdogs over the course of the last four or five weeks repeatedly coming through with some of these different underdogs. So pay particular attention to the college bowl games that he's got. He's even going to have an NFL doggy coming up. Uh, so as we're circling back uh, to the bowl games, one of the themes – uh, here that that uh, people are looking at for all these different games because a lot of people, for example, will make the picks as we're coming your way here prior to everything that's going to take place. Uh, w- one of the things that we have to take a look at is uh, some teams are disinterested, some teams are have guys suspended, some teams have guys that have gone to the NFL. Uh, these are all factors, Brian Edwards. No doubt about it. And I used to always say that location and motivation were the two main factors, but now the main factor in handicapping bowl games is the guys that are turning pro. Um, A.J. Dillon for Boston College is not going to play. And we're going to talk about Boise State, Washington. And one of the reasons I like Boise State is tight end Hunter Bryant and offensive tackle Trey Adams for Washington aren't playing. Miami's got a couple guys aren't playing. Mississippi State's uh, best corner Cameron Dantzler is not playing. Uh, Florida's C.J. Henderson is not playing. You've got we – th- we, we think we're going to have some suspensions with Utah State because Jordan Love, the star quarterback, and Gerald Bright, the – the leading rusher uh, got arrested for, I mean, it's just a misdemeanor weed, but, um, you know, four or five days before a bowl game, I, I would think that will merit a one-game suspension. So, uh, yeah, there's a, and that's all still coming. In. And we had, we had one Georgia offensive tackle who was all SEC. He's not going to play. It sounds like DeAndre Swift is going to play. Oh, yeah. Or at least that's what he, his social media reflected yesterday. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, Suspensions coming everywhere, and uh, you know Oklahoma had a couple today. Uh, their best pass rusher, so that's huge because I didn't think their defense had much of a chance against LSU's offense anyway. Well, yeah, and you look at like Florida State, Cam Akers not going to play in the bowl game. On and on, you just got to pay attention to this because a lot of people make these picks. They pick all the bowl games at once, and then you're stuck with it. But when they all unfold here over the next couple of weekends, be wary of that. Uh, let hey. me real quick throw in, TJ, that it's kind of a wash with Akers because Arizona State's uh, first-team All-Pac-12 receiver is not going to play, and it's very iffy on whether Eno Benjamin will play the, the workhorse uh, running back as well. So I would just, just wanted to throw that in. That might be a little bit of a wash on the FSU-ASU matchup. All right, so that leads us into predictions from you. Uh, Brian Edwards uh, for these different bowl games and again there's a lot of them that you can do for Friday uh, as well as uh, as Saturday where do you want to begin on the slate of bowl games here with all that being said um I guess I'll be going 
well, just a couple hours out of order, but let's start with Boise State against Washington, the Las Vegas Bowl, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. I don't, you know, I guess just because there there aren't dogs very much, I, I had no idea of this stat, but, um, and, and it might be different because, you know, when they played in Stillwater, talking about Boise State here under Brian Harson, um, when they played in Stillwater, I forget if that was last year or year before, that line had a lot of movement, and Boise ended up being the favorite. But, you know, some people might be have it as that they were a, a, a dog in that game. But, no, the closing line was that – and they got killed at Oklahoma State. But uh, my point being that uh, if you're going by the closing lines under Brian Harson, uh, Boise State has been an underdog seven times, and they're 7-0 against the spread with five <laughs> outright wins. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Um, and, look, you know, Washington's going to be without two of their best players, um, Trey Adams, the All-American offensive tackle, and the tight end, Hunter Bryant, who had 52 receptions for a team-best, 828 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. Um, Boise is healthy. Uh, they've won six in a row. Uh, they've got all the motivation. They won a 13th win to be 13-1. and one. Um, you know, I don't, there's no more guys left that, that Chris Peterson recruited there, but, you know, Harson knows Peterson well, uh, coached under him and has beaten him head to head when they played on the Smurf turf in 2015. Boise also beat Washington in this same bowl game in 2012. And I just think with Peterson shockingly resigning and, and the absences of Brian Adams, I think the motivation factors are on Boise's side. I don't think the location uh, is, you know, I think that's a wash pretty much. Uh, look for Curtis Weaver, Boise State's uh, defensive end, 13 and a half sacks, fifth best total in the nation. Look for him to get to Jacob Eason. And uh, I like Boise as a three and a half point dog, and I think they will win outright as well. Well, and it's a very interesting situation for them. Interesting is one way to describe it because you mentioned Peterson says basically I'm retiring or at least I'm burned out. I don't want to coach anymore. And Jimmy Lake, his defensive coordinator, is going to be the head coach. But for right now, what's the di- how does the dynamic work in practice for this week? How, do, how does that not make some of these guys that are there in and around go, okay, wait a minute, are we listening to him? Are we listening more to Jimmy Lake? It's just one more example of what we've already been talking about on the podcast. You don't know exactly what to predict or uh, uh, you know what's going to happen with coaching changes and players not there. But you like the Boise State Broncos, uh, who have been so good in these situations, and the bowl games seem to mean a ton to them. Bowl game may not mean a, a bunch to Washington in that matchup. All right, so that's one, Brian, for an underdog. Boise State getting the uh, the what? The six and a half uh, that is in that one, or actually the three and a half. Three and I'm a half. sorry, three and a half yep. for Boise You're- State in that one. What's your other underdog for the bowl games this weekend? I know you've got two of them. Yeah, I'm going to go FIU, Butch Davis and company, plus two and a half against Arkansas State, which is the Camellia Bowl which is the state flower of Alabama, and they are playing actually right down the road from me in Mobile, Alabama. I'm only about two hours from there. Uh, FIU finished strong, obviously. It's a 21-point underdog. They beat Miami outright, and then they go up to Huntington, West Virginia, and they take Marshall to overtime. They end up losing by three, but they easily cover as a 10-point dog, so they're in good form right now. Butch Davis went 4-0 in bowl games at Miami, which is pretty irrelevant. 
But he's one and one at FIU. But I want to point out, I had FIU in their bowl game two years ago, and I was so living because their three-year starting QB, Alex Magoo, tore his ACL on the yep. first drive of the flipping game. And I knew it was over at that point. But that's the only bowl game that Butch Davis has ever lost. Uh, they won their bowl game uh, last year. They won outright uh, as an underdog and uh, as a seven-point underdog to Toledo. And, look, uh, Arkansas State likes to throw the ball under Blake Anderson, uh, but the, the Panthers are sixth in the nation in pass defense. So the matchup looks good here to me. And under Blake Anderson at Arkansas State, the Red Wolves, are one in four, both straight up and against the spread, in five bowl games. And, and, and also, James Morgan, the QB for FIU, 26 to 7 TDI and T ratio last year, 13 to 3 TDI and T ratio this year, so 39 to 10. And in two seasons at FIU, he takes care of the football, he doesn't turn it over much. I like FIU to win outright. Um, against Arkansas State as a two-and-a-half-point dog. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and they got that big win over Miami, a program-defining win uh, for Butch Davis in that instance. We'll see what happens in that bowl game, kind of who wants it more uh, as well there in Mobile for Saturday afternoon. All right, so there's a couple of bowl games for this weekend. Obviously, we've got the Titanic ones that are coming the following weekend with the college football playoff, etc. So we'll, we'll cover those more next week on the pre-Christmas Three Dog Thursday uh, or actually the post-Christmas when the show gets released, but when we're making our picks, it'll be before Christmas Day. Looking forward to that. Uh, so to the NFL, we've already touched on this big triple header Saturday. The NFL moving these games to Saturday about three or four weeks ago. All of them great matchups uh, in a standalone fashion on the NFL Network before the Sunday slate, and you actually like the middle game, the AFC East showdown, the Bills and the Patriots. Brian, tell me more about why you like Buffalo in this spot. Well, they've just been incredible on the road all year, 6-1 and one straight up and 6-0-1 oh against the spread. Now, if your number is six and a half, as I always say, by the half point to the key number is seven. But if your number is six, I'm still confident in this. I think the Bills have a chance to win outright. And I got to give a shout out to my, my buddy, Joe Fortenball, who in August was pushing a plus 800 ticket for Buffalo to win the division. And I thought he was nuts. And I, I've been meaning to reach out to him this week and, and compliment him. But the, the Bills have been underdogs seven times this year. They are 5-1-1 one one against the spread with four outright wins. And the only non-cover was when they were catching six and a half two weeks ago and lost to the Red Hot Ravens by seven. So they yep. only lost by a half point. And Josh Allen... You know, his accuracy is, is not great, and he still even missed some throws the other night against Pittsburgh, although I thought he played well overall. But in the last nine games, he's got a 13-2 to TDI and T ratio. He's also run for 467 yards, nine touchdowns this year. Buffalo's ranked third in the NFL, both in total defense and pass defense. They're second in scoring D. They only give up 15.9 points per game and if new england's defense which is great if they have a weakness it's against the run and the bills are fifth in the nfl in rushing yards although singletary's gotta gotta watch the fumbles the uh the rookie out of fau but the patriots are mired in a two and four against the spread slump and before the 34 spot they put up on cincy last week which was aided by a stefan gilmore pick six but before that in the games before that 
Their offense was struggling so bad they had scoring outputs of only 16-22, but that was with two late fourth-quarter touchdowns against the Texans and then 13-17-20. and 20. They are just their offense is just not where it's right. you know been in the past, and I love Buffalo's defense and I like the Bills catching this uh, this underdog number. Well, and how about the indictment of uh, the uh, uh, the fact that Tom Brady wasn't selected to the Pro Bowl? Uh, and it's the only time really since his ascent as the Patriots star that when healthy, he didn't make the Pro Bowl. It was the 2008 season when he tore his ACL in the first game and didn't play the whole year that he didn't make the Pro Bowl. That tells you how bad New England's offense is when the GOAT, the greatest of all time with all the Super Bowl wins and all the success, uh, when, he, when he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, but something says to me they'll find some offense. Very interesting because I've heard so many people saying they think this will be a low-scoring game. This could be like 17-13, 16-10, something like that. So you you believe Buffalo will keep it close enough probably in a low-scoring game real quick, Brian? Yeah, and um, and I mean, I'm not going to be involved in the total. So, yep, but, yep. I mean, I think it'll probably be a, a, a lower type. Scoring game, and I, and I will say, like if you'd have told me in August I'd be picking the Bills as a single-digit <laughs> underdog in New England, I would have told you you were the craziest son of a gun on the planet. I mean, but uh, I I I got burned by that back Pittsburgh um, uh, last week, and you know I watched that entire game, and I was just so impressed with Buffalo. And uh, look, it's not an a- let me interject. It's not an accident. They go to Dallas and win on a short week on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys with that defense. They go to Pittsburgh in a massive spot, bouncing back like you mentioned from the Baltimore game, and win at Pittsburgh. That's not a joke. You just wonder, do they still have the legs left, the puncher's chance here with big, bad New England in New England? You think they do. You think they do. And we'll take the six and a half with the Bills. Yeah. Defense travels. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It'll be a lot of fun to watch all of these different games as they unfold, including that Rams 49ers game on Saturday night where San Francisco's battling with Seattle. You know, we we've, we have these different games where, like the in Nashville, they're rooting hard for my Buccaneers against the Texans, and from the Seahawks standpoint, they're rooting hard for the Rams to knock off the 49ers again in San Francisco, just like Atlanta did last week, because that opens the door for Seattle to be the division winner, get a bye, all of that. So there, there are a lot of teams and their fans that will be watching these Saturday games before the Sunday slate ever begins. Should be a lot of fun with the underdogs. Always fun talking with you. Tell the fans how they find out more, Brian, about your great information that you have on your sites and your picks and your stuff for the Bulls and the NFL. Go ahead, sir. Thanks, TJ. So um, tomorrow on VegasInsider.com, you'll, you'll be able to find my tip sheet that brings down there we got an afternoon bowl game on friday buffalo against charlotte and then the night game kent state at utah state you can read all my um info on that on vegasinsider.com tomorrow um i've got some content up on majorwager.com right now uh news notes and numbers that's just got a lot of quick hitters on you know the guys that are hurt or suspended and guys coming back and some underdog stats etc um you can follow me on twitter at uh, Vegas B Edwards, and you can follow the Major Wager Twitter account where I, where I'm also spitting out a lot of injury info and whatnot uh, at Major Wager Uno U N O. And um, there you go. I think that about uh, yes. covers it, TJ. Thanks and again, for having me as always. 
And again, he does a great job with the individual bowl games, with breaking those down on the site, and also his videos for these different college games, sorting through them. If you're looking for those advantages, MajorWager.com and Brian Edwards' stuff, Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter to find it. And look for those picks as well on Vegas Insider. Great insight from Brian as he continues to knock home, not just underdogs when he's making his picks. He might go favorites, he might go totals on some of those games, but he likes... Florida International, Boise State, and the Buffalo Bills this week. Looking forward to it, Brian Edwards. Uh, I I look forward to seeing what's going to happen this week. This time next week, we're talking college football playoff, the finale to the NFL regular season. Should be a blast for that. Good luck with the doggies this weekend, brother. Hey, wait, and we're the star Scott. Thanks, brother. Have a great, great weekend, man. I'll talk to you next week. Rolling along here on the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs, and they are flying left and right, and I'm bringing on my next guest. He had a rare week where he struggled to come up with one. Usually, Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast is lit. He has got two or maybe even three of them every week for us that have been doing well. So last week was an aberration in that regard. He's only looking forward now, though, to the bowl games and then uh, to the uh, week 16 of the NFL that we keep talking about. How are you, my friend, as we come in on another edition of Three Dog Thursday? I'm doing good. Yeah, it would have been a little bit better if, uh, yeah, just a big whiff on the dogs. But, uh, you know, back at it, just taking it taking it one dog at a time. TJ. Exactly, Can't exactly. That Army pooch was, was okay in the second half, but then Navy and, and Malcolm Perry, oh, look, he just ran for another first down, just ran up yeah. on Army and wore them down and ended uh. up covering. And then Denver was in the snow in Kansas City, which we didn't really know. Uh, and and the Chiefs played much better, uh, interestingly, than the snow team, the uh, the Broncos. Uh, so such is life. So na- now we move on trying to figure all of this stuff out. Before we get to the NFL, we've got college football bowls, and I know you and Ryan Kramer on the Sports Gambling Podcast are all over all of it, including the 571 bowl games that are about to be played. Sean Green. Oh, yeah, we're picking all of them uh, against the spread. We just uh, released part one of our college football bowl preview. You can get that over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. But, yeah, breaking down all the bowl games, even talking about some of the weird and uh, wacky swag that some of these uh, <laughs> student athletes get. get. <laughs> Yeah, it's always funny some of the stuff they end up with. Well, it's, it it is interesting that uh, you hear these players talk about it. That hey, we don't get uh, in terms of payment, but on a bowl trip where they're there for four or five days and get to go hang out in a fun city, usually in a warm, fun city, get the gift bag that you're talking about, play in a bowl game that you're always going to talk about and remember, that's a pretty good reward. They just, in my mind, Sean, they have way too many of them. They, they have lost, uh, I guess, the, the best way to put it is the novelty, the coolness of being in a bowl game has been minimized because almost everybody goes to a bowl almost every year now. It, 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 it's no longer a big deal to be in a bowl game. How dare you uh, disgrace <laughs> the sacred Cheez-It Bowl, TJ? <laughs> I thought you were going to go Tony the Tiger Fiesta Bowl there with the Frosted Flakes. <laughs> And go with uh, so many of them. or the uh, the Cherubundi uh, Boca Raton Bowl here in Florida. Get your che- get your flavored cherries uh, on that. So, 
just, uh, yeah, tough to keep up with all those different games. All right, so that being said, there's a buffet of about eight or nine bowl games kicking it all off starting Friday night, Saturday through the weekend. Do you have one that you like? I know we get to the college football playoff semifinals uh, next weekend after Christmas, but for these bowl games, what do you like one right now for Three Dog Thursday? Yeah, in the uh, in the early slate, um, I lock and, and a team I feel really good about at least covering the spread uh, going into the Gasparilla Bowl. Give me Marshall catching that giant number, seventeen and a half points against uh, Central Florida. I mean, Central Florida. There's a reason they're seventeen and a half point favorites, but they've struggled uh, to put away uh, these teams that they are that they're favoring by a gigantic number. You know, we saw it against Pittsburgh, and again, they're two and seven. Uh, against their spread in their last nine. They started out 3-0 against the spread, and they've just cooled off, and it it feels like the market really hasn't corrected itself. Um, Marshall, not amazing overall, but they've been pretty decent against the spread, especially late. So this is just setting up to be a game that I I, I think Marshall's going to get excited for it. Again, the game is being played in Florida, so how exciting is it for Central Florida? You know, I feel like Central Florida's had much bigger spots in the past couple years. I don't know what what their motivation level is going to be at. And I think Marshall is going to be excited and should be able to make it a game at least. Well, and that's what uh, we've been pointing out a couple of times before you've come on. you got to analyze these games exactly with what you just said. It doesn't mean more to one team than the other one because you're right. UCF's bowl trip is essentially a one-hour bus ride from Orlando on I-4 westbound to Tampa. And Marshall, meanwhile, gets out of the snow of Huntington, West Virginia and and comes and hangs out for four days in West Central Florida. So there is a different motivation. And you're right, UCF played in a New Year's Six Bowl game the last two years. Uh, with uh, losing last year's Fiesta Bowl to LSU, but the year before, they completed the perfect season beating Auburn in the Peach Bowl. So this is a bit anticlimactic for some of those players. Big step down. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if UCF, who can really, they've got a lot of great speedy skill players, can really run it. Now their top receiver, you probably know this, their top receiver, Gabe Davis, um, is not going to be able to play in this game uh, because he has elected to, to go ahead and forego his final year of eligibility and go to the NFL draft. So he's choosing not to play in the bowl game here, and he's the best receiver in the American Conference. So that might make a difference for UCF's offense. But you like the 17.5 points with the Marshall Thundering Herd out of Conference USA in that one. And again, we'll get more into the college football playoff and the other bowl games uh, coming up a little bit more next week. All right, so let's get to the NFL and uh, and dissect some of what's going to happen this weekend. We've already talked earlier in the show to Scott Hansen of the NFL Network and NFL Red Zone. It starts with a triple header Saturday that includes my Buccaneers against the Texans, the Bills and Patriots, the 49ers and the Rams. Three great matchups on Saturday. Five of the six teams have playoff implications. And then some very interesting games Sunday, including someone's Eagles hosting the Cowboys. Sean, just as an overall thought here, what about the second to last weekend? It's getting good for playoff purposes, seeding, buys, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, there's always a lot of talk. I mean, you mentioned the Eagles. There's always a lot of talk. Oh, hey, they should uh, change the structure around, and uh, they shouldn't allow just because you win the division that you get a spot in the playoffs. I mean, I think they should keep it the way it is because what they do is they stack all these divisional games late, and then, you know, it really lends itself to a lot of times 
uh, these last couple weekends. You get the Saturday bonus games. And really, the playoffs, there's still a decent number of playoff spots up for grabs. And it's a lot of times involved divisional games. And if you take away that element, I don't know how you would kind of set the schedule up. So I like it. I mean, hey, it's just going to be uh, – it's just exciting football. And they added the bonus third Saturday game just in case uh, you were trying to have any sort of weekend that didn't involve uh, nine <laughs> hours of football. So I know my wife is not thrilled about the uh, third Saturday game uh, going into the holidays you, here. But hey, wait, as a how fan, do you think it I'm, went over I'm in thrilled. my house when they moved the Buccaneer <laughs> game from Sunday to Saturday and my wife's going – we had plans for Saturday, and I said, yeah, we did, po- po- past tense, we did have plans for Saturday. Now we can do something on Sunday after, after church, unless, of course, I'm going to sit and watch the Red Zone for eight or nine hours with Scott Hansen. Um, we, uh, we'll see. But, yes, uh, very interesting games and matchups, so I'm intrigued as to which way you might want to go. What do you think? Uh, for an underdog, start well, us off here. Speaking of uh, Tampa Bay plans, I, I think uh, the Bucks are playing on a cover at the very least. I, I like them. Uh, I think you know they got a good shot to win outright as well. This Bucks team has really rallied uh, around uh, around Jameis and Arians. And again, when I kind of went on on a limb early on the season and took the Bucks at uh, fifteen, yes, to win the you NFC did. South, yes, you did. This was the. This was the Bucks team I was imagining. This this high powered offense that seems to be finally clicking. Uh, obviously, injuries have have kind of uh, been a bummer here. Losing to Evans and Godwin, a personal blow to some of my fantasy teams. But Perriman stepped up. I think uh, OJ Howard has an opportunity to step up. Cameron Brates uh, getting involved a little bit more. They get the running game going. Jameis Winston coming off back to back 450 yard passing games, first time in NFL history. This team just seems fired up, ready to play. And I, when you're handicapping the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson really struggles uh, when he has to go against a team with a pass rush. And you got Shaq Barrett on the other end with 16 and a half sacks. I think uh, he's going to be a handful there for the Texans. And again, the Texans could be looking ahead to that uh, last divisional game against uh, the Titans to close out their season. I always like going against teams, uh, you know, non-conference road games. And and that's the situation here for the Texans as well. So a lot of factors combining and, uh, you know, home team on the short week, even give them a little bit more of an edge. And they're catching three points. Uh, I like where the Bucs are at. Uh, You're a guy that was on to the Buccaneer upsets of of both Carolina and also at the Rams earlier in the year. So you've been believing in my boys. Uh, And again, I, I fully acknowledge here, said this earlier on the podcast, this is a big step up now playing the AFC South leaders who have every motivation to win. I mean, my God, Sean, that Lions team last week uh, looks <laughs> like a JV team. It, it is brutal uh, with the injuries, the guys off the street that they're playing. So the Bucks should have been able to whack them. I think almost every other team in the NFL, with the exception maybe of Cincinnati, would have whacked the, the Lions, that Lions bunch last week in Detroit. So let's see if the Buccaneers can do this uh, with the Texans on Sunday. And again, as Scott Hansen was saying earlier in the podcast, the whole Jameis Winston dynamic and discussion has uh, has unfolded here over uh, over the last month and maybe gone in his favor. And if he has another big game in a Buccaneer win against Houston, I, I, I mean, there's you never say never. 
you you can't you can't say that it's a guarantee, but how do you not bring him back? If they win this game and win a fifth straight game and he looks great doing it on national TV, he's basically earned the right to come back. I don't know at what price, but I mean we agree on that, don't we, Sean? Oh yeah, and uh, Scott Hansen, he must love Jameis Winston because he is he is just ratings gold for the red zone because every time he's got the ball. <laughs> He's doing something exciting. Uh, it, it depends, uh, you know, which team, but he's always doing something exciting. So he's got to love him some Jameis Winston. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm the Bucks, now you probably know more being right on the situation, but I think if I'm the Bucks, I, I've at the very least franchise uh, Jameis Winston there, lock him up. Yeah, you might have to pay for it one big year, and then you're not committing a ton of guaranteed money, but I've seen enough out of this uh, Jameis Arians combination so far that I definitely want to run it back for next year. I mean, if they can just cut down on turnovers just a little bit, I mean, he's a top five quarterback. And again, I've been a big Arians guy, uh, you know, for years now. So I would definitely, I've seen enough uh, to definitely at least run it back for another year. All right. We'll see what happens on that. And again, uh, some very intriguing storylines with the Patriots and the Bills later on Saturday. And then you're out west for Rams 49ers. The Rams uh, off of that beatdown by the Cowboys. The 49ers get get upset in comeback fashion by the Falcons. And and really you wonder uh, here if, if, the, if the 49ers aren't just going to take it out on the Rams. They beat them at the Coliseum earlier this year. We shall see on the Saturday night game. All right, so that leads us to Sunday. Again, there's some intrigue Sunday with the Saints against the Titans. The Saints off the Monday night blowout win. The Titans have to win. Titans, as you know, Sean, going to root heavily for my Buccaneers to beat the Texans on Saturday. That'll open the door for them to maybe win the South. And then we have someone's Eagles against the Dallas Cowboys. Do you dare on Three Dog Thursday look the way of them Eagles? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm on the Eagles uh, this week, and and honestly every week. But I, I think this week I can make a, a better case for them. Doug Peterson uh, has really had a good job as far as like getting this team up for must-win games. You know, elimination games. He really seems to have the teams here. Uh, kind of a tumultuous season. They've been injured a ton, but. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey getting hurt has really opened the door for some of these young playmakers. A guy like Greg Ward, who I was a big fan of in the AAF, uh, a guy who just lit it up in the practice squad, he came onto the team and and Mm. gave this team a boost it needed. Uh, The skill players are really making plays for Carson Wentz, uh, back-to-back fourth-quarter comebacks. If you watch that mic'd up today uh, and you just see – Carson Wentz and his dynamic with the team, they, they just have an energy and a, uh, a juice going forward that they haven't had in, uh, you know, just earlier in the season and just previous runs here uh, with, this, with this team and with this organization. And you look at their defense, which has been really bad at times. You saw they got lit up by uh, Fitzpatrick in Miami. The issue for them has just been their defense on the road. At home, they've actually been a pretty competent defense. If you look at it, 14.2 points per game over the past five games. So if they can do that, I think they'll they'll put the offense in a winnable situation. And you got to look at the uh, late breaking injury news, uh, you know, coming out about our our buddy uh, Dakota Prescott. I don't know if you saw this, <laughs> but he had a uh, he had an MRI uh, done on his shoulder, yep. and he's been in uh, he's got an AC joint issue, you know, compacted with a, a thumb issue. So. 
Uh, cold weather in Philly, that's not going to be fun to play in. Uh, I think the Eagles load the box, slow things down, and if they can avoid uh, fumbling – uh, as far as Wentz, if he can hold on to the ball, make a couple big plays, get these young guys. And you, you've seen Miles Sanders. He's he's really showing, uh, you know, great pick by Howie Roseman there. Very elusive. Uh, I mean, you know, you can make a case he's almost having a better season than uh, Saquon Barkley. So he's really, the kid from Penn State, really coming up big. Uh, big runs and uh, big plays out of the passing game as well. So this Eagles team kind of missed expectations as far as where people thought they would be for the entire season. But I think this uh, game at home is a great uh, chance for them to right the ship. And I mean, you know, right now, Jerry Jones is like interviewing Lincoln Riley. It's going to be tough for uh, the team to rally around Jason Garrett, I think on the road. Well, and you make a lot of great points and, and which Cowboy team are we going to get? We've been talking about that. All week, is it the team that whacked the Rams, or is it the team that offensively, uh, game after game, whether it was in New England or at home with Buffalo, or you know, over and over again, has struggled to put it together? Uh, we're going to find out on the road, jacked environment at Philadelphia in the cold should be a lot of fun. Late game on Sunday, you will take the Eagles. I'm inclined to take the Eagles there in that spot too, as the NFC East is basically up for grabs in that game. Winner of that game in great, great shape. How about the Eagles open the year with a game with the Redskins? Then they played one more division game over the course of like the next 11 or 12 games. Now we get to the last four, they get to play four in a row. <laughs> Play the, play the Giants twice in the last four weeks, but four straight division games to end it for Philadelphia here in, uh, in this matchup. All right, should, yeah, be, it's, should it's, be a lot of fun. Go ahead. Yeah. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird situation. I mean, looking at the schedule when I first saw it, in my head I'm thinking, hey, this, this season is going to come down to this uh, Eagles-Cowboys home game in December. And while the Eagles and Cowboys probably not the record people thought possibly coming into the season – it certainly is playing out that this is kind of for the division. If Dallas uh, wins, uh, they, they win the division. If Eagles win, uh, they just need a win against the Giants uh, week 17 to close things out. So a lot on the line here uh, come Sunday. Well, there is no doubt. Um, and we will see what happens with some of these different games because things can get decided. I mean, New England, for all the talk about the offensive struggles, et cetera, if they put it together, whether it's 9-6, to six, you know this, Sean, if they put it together and beat the Bills, they're going to basically lock up the two seed and could still potentially be the one seed, depending on what happens with Kansas City. Everybody's, oh, what's wrong Crazy. with the Patriots? Brady's not in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, you know what? They'll trade it all if they're the number one seed again and everybody has to come to Foxborough in January. So... Uh, we'll find out on that one. You know what happens with uh, Seattle? They're they're rooting on the Rams to pull the upset because they can take care of business at home and basically control their own destiny to win the West. Uh, same thing uh, that we, I mentioned with the Titans rooting for the Bucks against uh, Houston. They want to win the division, Tennessee or Houston, and have a playoff game at home. Going to be a lot of fun to watch the NFL this weekend. I know you guys, in addition to the bowl games, lots of NFL talk. Tell the fans, Sean Green, oh, yeah. more about the Sports Gambling Podcast and what you guys do. Yeah, check us out. Uh, we're doing multiple podcasts a week. We talk college football, fantasy football, NFL football. And then, uh, yeah, we got a whole podcast network. We have uh, EPL soccer, NBA basketball, uh, college basketball. So really, if, uh, if you like watching sports and gambling, we got you covered. SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Check us out Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, 
wherever great podcasts are downloaded. Love that. Again, follow them at Gambling Podcast on Twitter. Follow this man at Sean T. Green uh, as well to find him on Twitter. Love the insight, my friend. Good luck in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa with Marshall on Monday. That is a Monday afternoon bowl game. It's the only bowl game on Monday. And then the Buccaneers on Saturday in the NFL and a Sunday Eagles. He's thinking they're going to win the game, getting two and a half at home with the Cowboys. Good luck with the doggies, my friend. Let's see what happens with the football. We'll talk to you on a Christmas edition, a little post-Christmas three-dog Thursday next week, sir. All right. Talk to you then. And that will do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. My thanks again to guest Gary Seegers, the Winning Cures Everything podcast and YouTube show. Also, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com. Brian also with Vegas Insider with his handicapping picks. Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast with Underdog Selections uh, as well. And Scott Hansen of the NFL Network. Triple header again. Bucks, Texans, Bills, Patriots, Rams, 49ers on Saturday. NFL Red Zone coverage with Scott on Sunday. Enjoy all the NFL action activity uh, as uh, those guys all join me this week talking lots and lots of football good luck with your underdog picks if you're making them this week i will i will agree with gary seegers i like the fau owls as a home dog in that boca raton bowl on saturday afternoon against smu i think smu will score some points but fau at home we even without lane kiffin a lot of skilled players playing at home i'll take them i'll take the points I also like, uh, in the NFL, a couple of uh, different underdogs. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles at home. I will take that one for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Very attractive. They simply have to win the game. I don't know which Cowboy team that we're going to get. I've said that throughout the podcast. So give me the Philadelphia Eagles here for one of my underdogs. And I'm also loving the Tennessee Titans as a short underdog in this matchup with the New Orleans Saints. The Saints on the shorter week after the easy win on Monday Night Football. Titans have to win. They have to hope first for my Buccaneers to give them help and beat the Texans. Titans have to win to have a shot at the AFC South and a possible home playoff game. I like Tennessee with that run game. This one outside in the colder weather, out of the dome environment for Breeze and New Orleans. Just give me the Titans. I like them to win the game. And we'll see what happens with these underdogs. Good luck to all the handicappers. I thank you for being with me. Again, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. It comes automatically to you. We will be here for the Christmas week, post-Christmas next week, for the final show, as it turns out, of the year, of the calendar year, with lots of underdog picks, college football playoff, final weekend of the regular season in the NFL. We'll have all of that for you. In the meantime, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy Christmas before we get back to you with another another edition of Three Dog Thursday. Anxious to do that. For all of my guests, I'm TJ Reeves. Good luck to you. Good luck to those underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.